Hey guys, today's podcast is all about how to get more done in less time. And this is something that I see is a problem with people every, like, I, I know it's a problem. I see it every single time I go to the gym, and it's really common. So I'm going to talk about it. Today I'm going to give you four tips of advice you can use to maximize the limited time that you have in the gym and still get an equal benefit, still get a great workout out of it. And it's certainly possible to get just much of a benefit working out smart for one hour than working out for two hours while wasting half your time socializing and accidentally taking five minutes rest in between sets. So I know that this is true because, first of all, I know what it's like to train very efficiently for a short amount of time and get in a great workout. That's just and sometimes these workouts are the ones that the best ones are the ones where you're in a time crunch for. That's just how it works sometimes. When you know you have a deadline and you want to get stuff done, you're way more efficient. But then I can compare that to another workout I have, I've had where I spent a much greater amount of time on and felt like I didn't even have nearly as good of a workout as the one I did in half the time. Okay, so I heard something from Jeff Cavalier, who's an expert on strength conditioning and the owner of Athlenex which is a fitness company. You might have seen it on YouTube or read articles from his website before because he's very, very well-known and he's very educated about this. Um, He says in a lot of his YouTube videos that you can train hard or you can train long, but you can't do both. And this makes complete sense. I mean, like, think about it. That's why... Um, HIIT workouts, or that's they're also known as high-intensity interval training, they only last about 20 to 30 minutes. You don't see super hard workouts like this that are scheduled to be like two hours, two and a half hours long because you can't train your hardest for that much time. That's just how it is. We don't have enough in our energy stores to last us that long at that level of intensity. So my point here in mentioning this is to say that you can get done a workout in one hour or less that will benefit you just as good as a workout done in double that time if you are giving maximum effort. And that's where I believe you really need to become aware of your mindset and how much you're willing to push yourself during that one hour you have in the gym, that limited time you have. So mindset is the first step to getting things done in less time. That's number one. If you can give full effort and, you know, not waste a minute I'm telling you that one hour is really all that's necessary. You just need full effort and focus. And the thing is, we're all capable of that, and no one can do it for you. That's the hard thing. You need to push yourself. It also happens much too often that we schedule things with the mindset that we should accomplish rather than what we must accomplish. So the word should and must are key there. We should do glute bridges because we've heard that it will grow our butt and, and fit, fitness influencers do it. But when we, when we don't write down how much weight we'll do to challenge our muscles, how many reps to do, um, how when to, like we'll stop early and we'll go too late with at least five more reps in the tank. And that's the should part of it. It's not the actual, we, it's not a need. So thinking of our workout as a should do in order to get these results, as opposed to a must-do, is, 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 it's a big difference. What this does is when we, don't write, when we don't specifically know what we must do, when we don't write it down what we must do, 
our mind can easily see it as optional rather than mandatory. So that's why I think we need to write down what we must complete and have like a more obligation mindset because it needs to be something that must get done and not something that we think we should do. It it can be both, but it can't just be should because that's when you're going to start messing up. All right, so number two now is scheduling as well as organizing. That is scheduling and organizing the limited time that you have for the workout. By this, I mean that if you step in the gym at 5 p.m. and you have to leave no later than 6, it will be so much more effective to write down next to your written workout how many minutes of rest you have between sets and how much time should be given or provided for each exercise. So let's say you write down you got five minutes warm up on the bike, five minutes for these specific banded exercises. Let's say you're doing legs, you'll want to do banded exercises to activate your glutes, get your legs warmed up, and then you'll jump into the first set of leg press for one, for, I don't know, I'm just making this up, 120 pounds for 10 reps. Then after you do those 10 reps, you're immediately going to look at your stopwatch on your phone and wait one minute. So then you have your rest time, you have how many, how much time it's going to take to do, you're going to wait one minute. And also, here's a bonus tip, don't, please don't set a timer on your phone in the gym because either A, it's going to go off super loud, which is just disruptive and annoying to other people, or B, it's going to blast the alarm in your earbuds and that is not fun. So take my advice and just keep an eye on a stopwatch. That's really what I like to do. You just need to make sure you're watching it so you don't get distracted, but I think that's the best. This way you know exactly how much time you have to rest in between sets because it's right there in front of you. And also for those wondering how long you should actually wait in between sets, it honestly depends on a few things. It depends on the weight you're using what your fitness goals are, and how you actually feel. I think how you actually feel is the most important, but t- um, generally, if you're doing um, pure strength, you're using heavy weight, you should be resting for between two to four minutes, or all, you could think of it as double the amount of time it takes you to do the actual set. So if your set takes like 60 seconds, rest for 120 seconds. And that's for when you're doing really heavy weight. And on the other hand, if you're training for more metabolic stress, I would rest equal time for the rest period. Or, you know, let's say 45 seconds to two minutes. I think that's a good range. But what I like to do with several exercises every time I train is supersets. And that's number three right there is supersets. These, oh my gosh, supersets are your best friend when you're trying to get more done in less time and I'll explain what a superset is if you don't know it. This is when you alternate sets of two different exercises with no rest in between and you can really you can really get creative with supersets. If you're looking to work your full body I would do a superset with two different muscle groups you know like for example do the overhead press with either a barbell dumbbells or a lighter bar and immediately after completing this set go right into dumbbell split squats this way you've got your arms working as well as your legs and the opposing muscle group gets to rest while the other one works so if you're doing shoulder press you do those jump into your split squats your shoulders are resting while you're doing the split squats but you're also you're working that muscle so you 
it's perfect. It's, it works out for your time and you're getting the most benefit out of it. So you can also do supersets with two arm movements or two leg movements. So you could do um, shoulder press and then immediately do dumbbell bench press, you know, or you could do two leg movements, squats, and then immediately go into glute bridges. Or if you really want to just burn out one muscle group, perform a superset with exercise working the exact same muscle. For example, like shoulder press, that's shoulders, immediately into lateral raises, that's gonna burn. Or you can do, you could do bent arm raises and then right into straight arm lateral raises. Oh my gosh, if you're if you're challenging yourself enough with the weight, that is going to be very hard. All right, so number four, this is the last one. And this one really matters, so please pay attention. You need to cut out all distractions. And the thing is, we all know we need to do this. We all know how to do it, pretty much, I feel like. But I'm going to tell you exactly how you, th you can do it and also what I do myself to minimize my distractions and get it in a better workout. Okay, I, this is something I'm pretty good about my distractions, but not always. Sometimes I go on social media, but for the most part, I'm getting a good amount of time in between my sets, and that's really what matters. But first of all, personal technology, it's gotta be turned off, put away, gone. If you're like me and you listen to music on your phone during the workouts, put your phone on airplane mode. This is really good because you can still have all your songs and podcasts downloaded beforehand with Wi-Fi, at least on Spotify. So you can listen to what you want. That's not an excuse to stop you from doing this because everything can already be downloaded. Airplane mode will prevent all those notifications from ringing and buzzing during your session. And that, of course, the ringing and buzzing is lim that limits the temptation to open your social media apps, which is really nice. Another thing you can do is, not many people do this, but this, if you really just don't want your phone there, have your workout printed out on paper or written down on paper. That is perfect because you have it all there. No scrolling, nothing. It'll be super easy and you don't even have, you don't even have your phone there to tempt you. If you can get music from the gym or something else that's playing out loud, that's going to be perfect for you. Alright, so those are the four things. I'm going to go over real quick again what I said. Number one, that was mindset. Mindset's number one. Think of your workouts as a must-do rather than should-do. Organize everything you're going to do. Write down the weight you need to do and don't just get to the gym and play and take it easy. Write down what you need to do. Number two, that's scheduling and organizing the time that you have. So this is writing down the exact rest time and time it takes to do the actual workout. And then number three with supersets, which is so great, switching off between two exercises. A full body you can do, remember I said you can do two different muscle groups or you can do the same one. And then number four, that is paying attention and cutting out all distractions. Stick to these four things, implement them into your daily life, your daily workouts, and you're definitely going to get more done in less time. You're going to get the same benefits from your workouts as you would if you had even more time in the gym. Alright, so thank you for listening, and you'll hear me in the next one.
So today's podcast is all about how to stay motivated. And I'm going to give you the top five reasons, top five tips of advice that you can use to stay motivated. So before I give all my tips advice, I'm just going to say that motivation doesn't just come. You know, if everyone was motivated, we would all have what we want because we had the motivation, we had the reason to work for it and persist. It's really important to be motivated because I think everyone like here, like on earth, like has a re- like has like their dreams and like their a reason to do something, like a purpose. So I guess I'm trying to say a unique purpose and our goals are what help lead us to that or like what we want to do. It's also I think motivation is gives us the drive to work for what we want and it's what makes us do everything that we do. We only do stuff that we want to do or do it in order to get something from it. If you think about it, like we only we only do things because we want something from it. We only try hard. We try hard in school because we want to go to like a certain college or we work out because we have physical we have like goals for our physical health people some people do art because they really enjoy it and they want to do it other people don't but other people might feel forced to and they don't want to do it so that just shows how we only do what we want to I think that motivation is really like the root of our goals so I want to ask, how do you stay motivated? Lots of people, most people actually, are just inspired by someone else or the idea of having something. So they get an initial rush of motivation. And that's great, but then the problem is they stop. They can't keep it. And that's why, that's why 80% of people fail their New Year's resolutions. That's 8 out of 10 people. It's really, it's really just lack of consistency. And this leads to number one, which is asking, what is your why? This is the same thing as your reason. The how and what isn't really nearly as important here because those are things you can figure out once you know why you're doing it. So let's just say you want to make the habit of going to the gym five days a week for a month. If you don't know why you want to do it, then I guarantee you're not going to do it because you're going to fall off track, eventually stop, and when you stop, you're not even going to feel as bad about it because you don't even know exactly what you're going for. So if you know your why, you're going to stay on track. All right, number two is to imagine. Create a clear vision of what it is you want and just picture it. And then think of how you're feeling when you have this. Think of how good you will feel. Think of how the small steps you're going to take or habits you're going to create will all contribute to something much bigger. Number three, make your goals doable. Okay, it can seem like what you want is almost impossible, but you can set your you can do anything you set your mind to. I proved myself this many times already. A year and a half ago, or two years, maybe even before that, I don't know. When I couldn't run track, I said, okay, I'm going to strength train. Five days a week while the runners all have practice. I'm going to do other things while the runners are doing their things. And my goal was to run cross country the following season, which would be May, June, July, August, September, about four or five months later. So what I did was I set smaller goals. 
I wanted to run five minutes without pain, which which that, that was a big thing for me. I had a running sheet and every other day I would run. I started small too. My physical therapist gave me the sheet and it was like first day, walk five minutes, jog one. Two days later, walk five, jog two. And then it went down to walking three minutes and up to jogging four. And then one day I ran for five minutes and it hurt my knees so much I I had to step back to the previous day. That's what I would do. Something was, if the step was too hard, I would go back, repeat the one I did before and then eventually work my way back up again. So eventually I was able to run a mile and I'm saying this, but it took so much time. Like it, it did take a long time. I unfortunately couldn't do cross country that season because it just, it did take a long, it did take a long time, but I got there eventually. And this goes back to number one, which was what is your why? I saw that my sister and my friends were doing track and I wanted to do it too because I enjoyed running and I wanted so badly to run without knee pain and actually do it as a sport. So I didn't stop trying. And the key here is I was consistent with it. And finally, I was I was running miles. I think the longest run I've done was eight miles. So anyways, my point here is to show that making tasks for yourself and smaller, shorter-term goals will make things ultimately more manageable. Okay, number four, keep it fun. I know we all need to do things we don't necessarily want to do in order to reach a goal. Like, that just comes with it. We all know that, whether you ask for it or you don't. But... Like, people, I think, are actually more likely to stop working towards their goals if they freaking, if they hate what they're doing, what they're doing. So here's, okay, here's a fitness example. You started HIT training. This is high-intensity interval training, and it's basically, you're repeating exercises, very hard exercises, as hard as you can for shorter amounts of time, and the workout usually is only 20, 30 minutes, but you do that for five days a week. Let's say you hate it because it's super hard. You never look forward to going because you dread the pain that your muscles feel when you do it as many burpees as possible in one minute. So you fall off track of going all these days and eventually you just stop. And all of a sudden it's a month later because time flies and you're like, oh, I've gone to the gym only twice the past couple weeks. Okay, so first of all, you shouldn't be doing high-intensity interval training five days a week because it takes a lot of energy from your energy stores. Your body will probably get used to it pretty quickly because we adapt to cardio faster than strength if you're progressively overloading. So you won't see long-term results doing this. You should be doing high-intensity interval training once a week. If you really want to add and mix different workouts on other days, that's great too. But if you hate doing <laughs> workouts and stop together as a result from it, you're not going to make any progress. So instead, do workouts that are more fun. Not It doesn't necessarily have to be enjoyable, but get make it so you actually will go. Get a friend to go with you, do a group class, or simply change what you're doing even if you don't think, even if you don't think it's as good, as good of an exercise or workout. If you stick with that and remain consistent, it'll be far more valuable to your health in the long term than doing high-intensity interval training when you hate it and you're going to stop anyways. So this idea of making things more fun and more enjoyable will help you do so much better. Okay, and number five is tackling procrastination. Don't make excuses and waste time complaining about you have, why you haven't started. And instead, ask yourself, 
why am I not doing this? I heard this from Dean Graziosi. I listen to his podcast a lot. Him and Gary Vee, both of them. But he says when he's procrastinating, he asks himself why he's not getting something done instead of asking himself to get it done. He asks why he's not. And so I think doing this, it like it helps you find a solution for what you're not doing. Ask yourself, why am I not getting this done? And it could be just a stupid excuse that you need to push yourself to ignore and get past. If you know why you're not doing it, it's going to be much easier for you to fix that and move on. For example, spending hours on Instagram or TikTok or any anything, YouTube, and you, you need to forgive yourself for doing all that. I know it's you can be really frustrated at yourself for not getting done what you needed to because you were procrastinating, doing your work and watching videos or scrolling. But dwelling on it now is not fixing the problem. So just forgive yourself and move on. What I like to do is recognize that I'm procrastinating and I'll be like, Sophie, you're procrastinating. Like, start getting things done. And then I'm actually like, shoot. I need to finish this English essay or whatever it is. And that helps me a lot. So this kind of wraps up all the five things I wanted to say. And if you enjoyed this, please subscribe to my podcast and you'll hear me in the next one. Thanks for listening. So today's podcast is all about how to stay motivated. And I'm going to give you the top five reasons, top five tips of advice that you can use to stay motivated. So before I give all my tips advice, I'm just going to say that Motivation doesn't just come. You know, if everyone was motivated, we would all have what we want because we had the motivation, we had the reason to work for it and persist. It's really important to be motivated because I think everyone like here like on earth like has a re- like has like their dreams and like their a reason to do something, like a purpose. So I guess I'm trying to say a unique purpose and our goals are what help lead us to that or like what we want to do. It's also, I think motivation is, gives us the drive to work for what we want and it's what makes us do everything that we do. We only do stuff that we want to do or do it in order to get something from it. If you think about it, like we only, we only do things because we want something from it. We only try hard, we try hard in school because we want to go to like a certain college or we work out because we have physical, we have like goals for our physical health. People, some people do art because they really enjoy it and they want to do it. Other people don't, but other people might feel forced to and they don't want to do it. So that just shows how we only do what we want to. I think that motivation is really like the root of our goals. So I want to ask, how do you stay motivated? Lots of people, most people actually, are just inspired by someone else or the idea of having something. So they get an initial rush of motivation. And that's great, but then the problem is they stop. They can't keep it. And that's why that's why 80% of people fail their New Year's resolutions. That's eight out of ten people. It's really it's really just lack of consistency. And this leads to number one, which is asking, what is your why? This is the same thing as your reason. The how and what isn't really nearly as important here because 
those are things you can figure out once you know why you're doing it. So let's just say you want to make the habit of going to the gym five days a week for a month. If you don't know why you want to do it, then I guarantee you're not going to do it because you're going to fall off track, eventually stop. And when you stop, you're not even going to feel as bad about it because you don't even know exactly what you're going for. So if you know your why, you're going to stay on track. All right, number two is to imagine. Create a clear vision of what it is you want and just picture it. And then think of how you're feeling when you have this. Think of how good you will feel. Think of how the small steps you're going to take or habits you're going to create will all contribute to something much bigger. Number three, make your goals doable. Okay, it can seem like what you want is almost impossible, but you can set your you can do anything you set your mind to. I proved myself this many times already. A year and a half ago or two years, maybe even before that, I don't know, when I couldn't run track, I said, okay, I'm going to strength train five days a week while the runners all have practice. I'm going to do other things while the runners are doing their things. And my goal was to run cross country the following season, which would be May, June, July, August, September, about four or five months later. So what I did was I set smaller goals. I wanted to run five minutes without pain, which would, that, that was a big thing for me. I had a running sheet, and every other day I would run. I started small, too. My physical therapist gave me the sheet, and it was like first day, walk five minutes, jog one. Two days later, walk five, jog two. And then it went down to walking three minutes and up to jogging four. And then one day I ran for five minutes and it hurt my knees so much I, I had to step back to the previous day. That's what I would do. Something was, If the step was too hard, I would go back, repeat the one I did before, and then eventually work my way back up again. So eventually I was able to run a mile. And I'm saying this, but it took so much time. Like It, it did take a long time. I unfortunately couldn't do cross country that season because it just it did take a long it did take a long time but I got there eventually and this goes back to number 1 which was what is your why I saw that my sister and my friends were doing track and I wanted to do it too because I enjoyed running and I wanted so badly to run without knee pain and actually do it as a sport so I didn't stop trying and the key here is I was consistent with it and finally I was I was running miles I think the longest run I've done was eight miles. So anyways, my point here is to show that making tasks for yourself and smaller, shorter-term goals will make things ultimately more manageable. Okay, number four, keep it fun. I know we all need to do things we don't necessarily want to do in order to reach a goal. Like, that just comes with it. We all know that, whether you ask for it or you don't. But... Like people I think are actually more likely to stop working towards their goals if they freaking if they hate what they doing what they're doing. So here's okay, here's a fitness example. You started HIT training. This is high intensity interval training and it's basically you're repeating exercises, very hard exercises as hard as you can for shorter amounts of time and the workout usually is only 20-30 minutes, but you do that for 5 days a week. Let's say you hate it because it's super hard. You never look forward to going because you dread the pain that your muscles feel when you do it as many burpees as possible in one minute. So you fall off track of going all these days 
and eventually you just stop. And all of a sudden it's a month later because time flies and you're like, oh, I've gone to the gym only twice the past couple weeks. Okay, so first of all, you shouldn't be doing high-intensity interval training five days a week because it takes a lot of energy from your energy stores. Your body will probably get used to it pretty quickly because we adapt to cardio faster than strength if you're progressively overloading. So you won't see long-term results doing this. You should be doing high-intensity interval training once a week. If you really want to add and mix different workouts on other days, that's great too. But if you hate doing <laughs> workouts and stop together as a result from it, you're not going to make any progress. So instead, do workouts that are more fun. Not It doesn't necessarily have to be enjoyable, but get make it so you actually will go. Get a friend to go with you, do a group class, or simply change what you're doing even if you don't think... Even if you don't think it's as good, as good of an exercise or workout, if you stick with that and remain consistent, it'll be far more valuable to your health in the long term than doing high-intensity interval training when you hate it and you're going to stop anyways. So this idea of making things more fun and more enjoyable will help you do so much better. Okay, and number five is tackling procrastination. Don't make excuses and waste time complaining about you have why you haven't started. And instead, ask yourself, why am I not doing this? I heard this from Dean Graziosi. I listen to his podcast a lot. Him and Gary Vee, both of them. But he says when he's procrastinating, he asks himself why he's not getting something done instead of asking himself to get it done. He asks why he's not. And so I think doing this, it like it helps you find... A solution for what you're not doing. Ask yourself, why am I not getting this done? And it could be just a stupid excuse that you need to push yourself to ignore and get past. If you know why you're not doing it, it's going to be much easier for you to fix that and move on. For example, spending hours on Instagram or TikTok or any anything, YouTube, and you, you need to forgive yourself for doing all that. I know it's you can be really frustrated at yourself for not getting done what you needed to because you were procrastinating, doing your work, and watching videos or scrolling. But dwelling on it now is not fixing the problem. So just forgive yourself and move on. What I like to do is recognize that I'm procrastinating. And I'll be like, Sophie, you're procrastinating. Like, start getting things done. And then I'm actually like, shoot. I need to finish this English essay or whatever it is. And that helps me a lot. So this kind of wraps up all the five things I wanted to say. And if you enjoyed this, please subscribe to my podcast and you'll hear me in the next one. Thanks for listening.